Tonight, if you'd care to turn there, we just have one verse we're going to look at. And we didn't talk, and I didn't prepare their video, and they did not prepare my notes. But in the middle of their set, you saw the verse that I want to look at tonight. It's found there in Isaiah chapter 9. It's a single verse. It's one that's familiar to so many of us. You know the song. We didn't sing it. What child is this? Laid to rest on Mary's lap. Is sleeping. Whom angels greet with anthems sweet. While shepherds watch. We're keeping. It's Christ the King. Amen. The great prophet Isaiah gives us the answer to that song with a promise for very specific pieces that we can look at in our little short time. And it says there in Isaiah 9, 6, For unto us a child is born, to humankind, to all of mankind a child is born from earth's perspective. Humanity. And it goes on to say, For unto us a son is given. God's perspective, heaven's perspective, eternity's perspective. From earth's perspective, a child is born. From heaven's perspective, a son is given. Would you pray with me? Lord, so grateful for what you've already done tonight. Lord, how our hearts have been stirred and touched. And God, if we came in and we weren't in the Christmas spirit, God, we surely, by your spirit, have been brought near to that child that was born, that son that was given our Savior, Jesus. Father, we thank you for your goodness, your blessings, for your richness. Lord, for the way that you have blessed each of us, Lord, with even the ability to be here tonight. We pray now that you would speak to us through the majesty of your word. We give you this time and we ask these things in the precious name of our Lord Jesus. Amen. And it goes on to say, and the government will be upon his shoulder and his name shall be, and then four very specific things, his name shall be. And if you remember Isaiah as he's writing, he's writing in a very Hebrew context in about 786 B.C. And when a child was named, very often they weren't named until he'd been around for a while, sometimes actually several years. And so when a name was given, a name was given based on the character of that child. And so there is a little bit of a play on words here. That name that would be given, his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. These amazing names. You know, when we think of Jesus, we think of the baby Jesus, our our wonderful nativity scene that we have in the foyer. When we think of the baby Jesus, many people, that's what they think of. They think of a, a child represented by a piece of statuary resting in a wooden trough, a feed trough. That's what they think of when they think of Jesus. Matter of fact, a 
fair chunk of the world believes that, thinks that. To them, that's as far as it goes. What child is this to them? It is nothing more than a Christmas tradition that's celebrated throughout the world. But to us who love the Lord, these four very wonderful things, and the first of which is a wonderful counselor. Have you come tonight and you're in need of wisdom, you're in need of knowledge, maybe something's going on in your life and you really have no idea how to tackle that condition, that problem, what you're going to do when it gets down to making those decisions. The literal rendering of the Hebrew word here really gives us a a sense that he is a wonder of a counselor. In other words, he is a counselor who is beyond compare. He's that one to whom you can go. You probably remember when you were maybe in high school, or some of you haven't reached there yet, but you will reach that place in time when you'll, you'll probably develop someone who's a confidant. Someone that you can go to, and when you have those moments in life that we all have, and you'll turn very often to that one person. You know, I, I can just call up my friend and, and ask, you know, what would you do? Can I say to you that our earthly friends, even our family, those who know us the best and love us the most, will often fail us when we come for counsel. Matter of fact, they will knowingly at times give us the wrong direction to go. They will at times even deceive us. But not the Lord Jesus, because he is a wonderful counselor. He is Emmanuel, he's God himself, and yet... This babe who was born to Mary, this child that was also the one and only Son of God. Amen? We, we know what John 3.16 says. He is God's only Son. Amen? God only has one Son. His name's Jesus. And He gave us His only Son. Think of that. For those of you that have children, is there anything on this earth that could top that gift? Not for me, not as a father. I think of my own boys. There is nothing more precious on this earth to their mom, to my wife, Connie and I, than our two sons. We would give everything, literally, for them. And yet God gave us His Son. And that Son is our wonderful counselor. Do you need wisdom tonight? Turn to Jesus. He's always on call. You know, I, I, I have to tell you, the reason I love answering machines is because I can listen to who's calling before I pick it up. <laughs> I think many of you think the same thing. You know, you can kind of screen your calls. Do you know that Jesus never screens his calls? Never. He doesn't go, oh, not Jeff again. He's already burned up all of his time this week. He's a wonderful counselor, and he'll always take your call. That's why Jesus could say, or in Matthew 11, Come unto me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest, and take my yoke upon you and learn of me. 
for I am gentle and humble of heart. You'll find rest for your soul, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. You see, that's a wonderful counselor. That's someone who's not going to burden you, but lift your burden. Not someone who's going to steer you wrong, but steer you right. The second thing, that he is mighty God. And again, to understand the beauty of this passage, it helps to have an understanding of the original language, the Hebrew. He is El Gabor. It literally says he's hero God. He's superhero. He has all of the powers, you know. I, I, I love the Avenger movies. I really do. I even like Captain America. And he kind of sort of doesn't even actually have real powers, does he? He's just like a superhuman being. But when you think of God, God is omnipotent. He's omniscient. He's omnipresent. He knows everything, is everywhere, all at the same time, and he's never without more power than he will ever need. But boy, I wake up sometimes and I don't have the power I need. That's Jesus. He's mighty God. He's El Kippur. The Old Testament, that was an absolute deity that God showed himself. To the children of Israel. It's the same God that delivered them from the hand of Pharaoh. The same God that pushed them across the the wilderness of the Sinai. The same God who provided the manna. The same God who turned the bitter water sweet. The same God who made sure that they made it to the promised land eventually. That same God is still available to us tonight. The same God that in Genesis 1 said, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. Now, I don't know about everyone in here, but I don't think there's anyone in here who has a problem that would be greater in scope than creating the universe from nothing. That's Jesus. He's mighty God. So in your time of difficulty, when you don't have the power that you need, you don't have the strength you need, and you're weary and you're heavy laden, turn to the child who was born and the son who was given. Because he's still mighty God. He's not ever going to show up at your need and go, well, everything but that. He's never going to find a problem in your life that he isn't amazingly over-sufficient for. Jesus himself in John chapter 10 reminded us that I, himself, he, Jesus, and the Father are one. Whoever God is in all of his majesty, so Jesus is in all of his majesty. I don't know how much creative power you have. I don't have much. I enjoyed kind of the stick artist, the the characters and some of that, because that's about as far as my artistic skills go. I might have actually been able to do that cartooning because I can draw circles and pyramids and stuff. That's it. Our God created the Milky Way. He put us in this universe that we call home. He's made billions of galaxies larger than the one that we are in and each one of them with billions of stars. He is El Gibor. 
The third thing that our Jesus is, the third thing that son that was born and that child that was given is to us. Is he something we so desperately seek in our lifetime while we're here on this earth and so many of us have suffered through? Someone who truly will be a father to us. So many homes ravaged by the damage of divorce and so many of us struggling to find someone in our lives who will really be that father figure, that mentor. And yet here it says he is the everlasting father. And again, it helps to understand what was originally said. It doesn't just simply say the Father. It says the originator of. It says the Father of. In other words, He created eternity. And He's more than able to take care of our emotions. Our needs. And He will do so until the stars cease shining. And then some. He's not going to abandon us ever. Very often we go through our time here on this earth kind of wondering if anyone truly loves us with an eternal love. Jesus loves us with an eternal love. A love that demands nothing of you but gives everything to you. A love that's beyond our imagining, beyond our understanding really. When you try and explain God's love, I can tell you as a pastor, you will fall short even knowing and studying, and studying, and studying, and studying. And you you might be able to rattle off a hundred Bible verses about the love of God, and you will never be able to explain the heart of a father that God has towards us eternally. He has always loved us, and he will always love us. Jesus loved us to the uttermost, to the very end. Amen? When he died on Calvary's cross, he said, I love you. He's a father that's worthy of the name that we take from him. You know, as most of us do, we we take our father's name. I'm one of many Gills. I have a grandpa Gill and a great grandpa Gill. My dad also, I'm a Gill. I now have two sons who are also Gills. Why we have the last name, it's a fish part, I don't know. (laughs) Does make for some interesting nicknames, though. But I have my father's last name. You all have your father's name. It's Christian. It's little Christ. It's one who knows and loves the Lord. And your dad loves you and he's proud of you. He's an everlasting father. And finally, the fourth thing from the single verse, he's the prince of peace. Now we don't really know what it's like here in this country because we don't live in a monarchy. We don't have a king or a queen and we don't have prince or princesses unless you go to Disneyland. But then a a prince, for much of the world's history, really was the bearer of of the kingdom, a representative of the king. 
And ultimately, that prince would one day become the king. And so because that prince would also one day become the king, he bore with him all the power, all the majesty, all the might, absolutely everything that the kingdom had. And so it is with Jesus. And the result of his kingdom is peace. And oh, how our world needs peace. Amen. So we did the memorial service for Aurora Godoy yesterday here. I spoke to a number of people about the lack of peace in our world. There is a prince of peace, and his kingdom of peace is available to every last person in this room. Every person who will name the name of Christ can have the kingdom of peace. And then Jesus will be to us as he is to all of us who know him already. He is our prince of peace. And that peace is eternal. It's not temporal. And it's not temporary. You see, we have a tendency to look at peace in our world as simply the cessation of hostility, don't we? If there's no war going on, that's what we call peace. That's not God's idea of peace. That's why Jesus said, my peace I give you, not as the world gives you peace do I give you, but I give you my peace. And his peace is eternal. That child who was born, that son who was given, is the prince of peace. He's the emissary of peace. And the peace that he gives is a permanent peace that can't be taken from you. And it's such an amazing peace that Scripture reminds us that that peace is beyond our understanding. It surpasses our own human understanding. It even guards our minds and our hearts in Christ Jesus. We've been justified into that peace by faith. God gave that to us, as Paul would write to the Roman church. You see, Jesus, being that sovereign representative, says to us, what child is this? A child, Jesus, is a wonderful counselor. Jesus, your Savior, is, is mighty God. He's an everlasting Father. He's a Father who will never be anything less than the perfect Father to you. And He is our Prince of Peace. He brings peace in the midst of the most violent of storms. When Jesus was with the disciples and as he pushed them out onto the lake, knowing that they were going into a storm, he said, hey guys, I'll meet you on the other side. And you know the story, and they went out into the storm and they were tossed by a tempest, so much so that those who were in the boat believed they were going to die. And Jesus came out, walking on the water, and he simply said to the storm, Peace, be still. And the wind and the waves were ceased. That's our Prince of Peace. Our world is not a place of peace right now. But your life can be a place of peace. Our world offers all kinds of really bad counsel. 
but you can have the counsel of the wonderful counselor. Many of us can find things in our lives where we are grossly deficient, but you have the power of the mighty God at your disposal. What child is this? He's absolutely everything you need. Everything. He's your wonderful counselor. He's your mighty God. He's your everlasting father. And he is your prince of peace. So no matter what you're going through in life, no matter what it looks like around your Christmas tree, whether it's 20 feet tall and 10 feet wide at the base, and you couldn't get any more presents underneath it if you tried. There's even presents in the tree. Whether it's like that, or whether it was like at our house when my parents were divorcing, my my dad, so heartbroken, went and, and got a tumbleweed. Seriously. And spray painted it with, you know, that canned flocking that we had in the in the 60s, uh, aerosol stuff. I think it's illegal. It causes cancer. But he sprayed that tumbleweed and stuck it in the living room. And I remember looking at it. It was, it was like, if, imagine a Charlie Brown tree and take three steps down. That was our tumbleweed tree. It wasn't much of a Christmas. But that's not what Christmas is about. Christmas is about Jesus. And he will always be what you need. He will be everything that you need. And if you make Christmas about him, it's going to be good. It's going to be good. Let's pray. Father, we are so grateful at this time of year that we in this wonderful country, God, we we have our faults for sure. We have our weaknesses in, in this country that we call America, Lord, that we have the freedom to gather together to worship you as the King of kings and as the Lord of lords. We are so grateful. And Lord Jesus, we thank you that you took upon yourself the form of man. You came to this world as a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes. That you were laid in a manger. That you grew up in a little tiny town. Town of Nazareth. Rocky Hills, not much there. Not a place many of us would move to. You knew what it was like to work hard, your hands worn from the carpenter's shop. God, your brow furrowed from being in the sun all day long. You had to walk to get your water. Yet no fridge. Ultimately, about you it was said you even had no place to lay your head. God, we thank you that 
your great plan was to give up your only son so that we might have eternal life. Greatest gift that's ever been given to anyone, to all of mankind, to as many as received him, you, Jesus. You have given the power to become the sons of God, the daughters of God, the children of God. And so, Lord, whether we have much or whether we have little, whether we're perfectly content or whether there's a long ways to go, we ask that you, Jesus, would be the center, the focus as we celebrate your birth. We praise you. We thank you. We bless you. For we can say unto us, a child is born, unto us a son is given, the government shall be upon his shoulder, and he shall be called a wonderful counselor and mighty God, everlasting Father and Prince of Peace. And it's in the name of that Prince we pray, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Would you stand?